get anxiety. They get suicidal thoughts and mental illness. Maybe instead of saying man up, we should say it's okay to talk about it. So this is uh, podcast number five. Yay! And yes, yes, pal. <laughs> and um, today we are going to talk about Saturday's practice walk, which we did last Saturday, Saturday just gone. Uh, I'm going to introduce you guys to Claire, who's a friend of Shares and, and Val. And she's going to talk about her son, who was sectioned, was it this year, Claire? Yeah, this year. This year. And then we're going to talk about um, how it is for a parent, what PD, what BPD is, and when did that start? And we're going to read out some numbers that can help you guys, the help from helplines. And we're also going to talk a bit about um, panic attacks, maybe. And also we're going to hopefully talk a bit more again about the Halloween walk on the 31st of October. So, Claire. Yes? Can you please tell us the listeners all about yourself and about your son? Well, I'm Claire. I'm 42 years old. I've stayed in Dundee all my life. I've got two kids. Uh, one is 25 and one is 21. Girl and a boy. So, beginning of this year, yes. your son was sectioned. Yes. Can you tell me what led up to that? And... Well, what happened was my son was getting quite paranoid. Um, he was thinking that everybody was against him. Everything was bugged. Cameras etc. Speaking about people that were dead, like famous people, especially Tupac, for some reason, which you don't understand. Um, it just came to the stages where we had to get the doctor for the doctor's opinion, because I knew myself that he wasn't right. Um, went to the doctors. The doctor knew he needed help, but he was not willing to accept it. Um, at this time, I didn't know that he was doing drugs. And the drug that he was doing, which people call white, is cocaine. And cocaine is a hallucinating drug if you mix it with weed, which he was also smoking. So he had a downer and an upper. That's what we would call it, a downer and an yeah, upper. Yeah. Um, but it was more going to like a downer than anything. Um, so as I say, as we went to the doctor, the doctor decided he needed a section. He was going to go voluntarily up to Carsview Hospital, which is in Dundee. And quite happy saying that he was going up and everything. And then when the time came, declined. There was nothing wrong with him. Next minute I knew he was grabbing things out of the drawer, like stupid things like spoons, butter knives, forks, for some reason, for protection against people that were out to get him. Um, so I thought, no, we'll get a second doctor's opinion. So I actually got the doctor to come out. <laughs> and there's a family doctor that we've been going to for about the last 10 years. Yeah. And he started kind of calling him dad, saying he was the best dad. And then it was me. And then he was actually offering the doctor drugs and saying to the doctor, like, it was okay, etc., etc. And the doctor did decide then that there was something not right, that he was paranoid. 
So what happened next was the doctor says that if he did not attend the hospital himself, he would have to get people to basically put him up to the hospital, which would have been the police and a doctor at that time. Yes. But then my son turned around and says, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. So what I'd done was kind of tricked him to say that he was coming to stay over for the night, him and his girlfriend, and we got in the car. But I actually drove up to Carsview again, which is in Dundee, Nine Mills Hospital, and took him up there. We got out the car, he walked to the door and he went back to the car. By this time, I phoned the people to come down and get him, which was two doctors, female and a male doctor. Uh, they came down, they explained to him that they just wanted a little chat. So that was the way we got him into the hospital and into the small room. And the doctor was telling them, look, you do not look yourself, you're not acting the way that you should be acting, we think you better come in. So he was quite willing to, until he got to the door at the end of the corridor, and he ran back to this room. It's like a waiting family room kind of thing. Yeah. And then we started screaming that they were out to get um the room was bugged, etc., etc. So what I ended up happening is that I ended up getting two male nurses to come out to try and get him to go in. So that would mean that he was actually sectioned. He never went in voluntarily. But because of the way he was, they ended up getting another two. So it took four male nurses to get him from the waiting room into the ward, which was a locked ward. Right. Did you get any support leading up to getting your son get sectioned at all? No. None at all? No. No? No. And how do you feel as a parent having to have your son sectioned? It's quite sad and hard because you're the mum and you feel like you failed in some way, even though it's not your fault that they're taking drugs. You're not giving them the drugs and saying, you take them. Yeah. That's their choices in life. As a parent, we only bring them up to the best of our ability, and when they reach that certain age, whatever they do in life, that's their choice. Sometimes people will say, like, oh, you're a bad parent because he's taken that or he's taken that. No, I've done my job, and it took us a long time to realise that I wasn't a bad parent and that I was doing the best of my ability. Yeah. That when they got a certain age, they were legal enough to do what they wanted. You couldn't have ground them. You couldn't have stopped their money because they were getting their own money. Yeah. There was nothing you could do but sit back and watch and actually fall apart because you see them falling apart. What, what, made, you, what made you think that... What made your son go down this road of the cocaine and the weed? What what happened? Peer pressure. Yeah. Peer pressure. Um, he started going about with guys when he was like 13, like older ones, because everybody got along with Javed, and Javed was like, he was the coolest kid that everybody wanted to be around, which I don't know why, but this is what he was. Um, then football. Um, the way Javed is self-inflicted for taking a legal high when he was younger, but also blame myself for what he witnessed me going through. So it's hard to say exactly what made him take drugs, but I would say when it came to cocaine, as far as I know, that night that it happened, he was out with one of his friends and it wasn't a, like cocaine mixed with anything. It was pure cocaine. With the hotel manager, I'm not saying which hotel, what? in the bar, after closing time, he woke up in a hotel room We God knows how many people there and he didn't even know how he got there and it didn't come out until he started getting paranoid about this hotel, this manager, these drugs, etc, etc. But as I say, it was peer pressure. Eh? It was like, well, my pals could do coke. How could I not do a coke? You know what I mean? But as I say, it was his choice. You, you said when we were talking earlier, he was quite, he's a good footballer. Oh, 
I must admit, I'm not one of them parents that are like you know, bam up their kids, but he was. He could have made it. Yeah. And that was his dream until what I done, what put him off. And so I blame for the football fact that's me. He gave up football because of me. He didn't want to leave me alone any time. And it didn't matter. I was the parent that was there every Saturday or Sunday, cheering them on, know what I mean. So why are you blaming yourself? Because I'd done a stupid act, and that stupid act scared my son. And after that, my son just didn't want to leave us because he just thought that I would do it again. Right. Okay, I'm just going to stop there for a sec. Claire, you mentioned bipolar disorder. Um, Do you want to give a brief summary of what that is to our listeners? Um, My daughter got diagnosed with bipolar, but it actually wasn't. It was called BPD. And it's bipolar, something kind of disorder, which means like it's. No, what I can't really explain on this because I've not studied or looked up a lot on it, but I know that's a lot to do with attachment. So, we BPD, obviously, you've got your depression in there as well. So, as I say, I don't know a lot about it because I've not really studied it. So, she has it. periods of depression, it's and a snap periods thing. of highs. Um, for example, here we go, right, this morning I was going out. She texts me and says, if I put money in your bank, will you get us a monster and a bottle of Pepsi? And I went, okay. She says, but I'm going to put 20 in your bank so you come back and I've got change. And I thought, you don't need money anyway because you don't go out. I went, right, okay. And she went, what are you saying okay for? I says, because I'm going to do it for you. But why are you being like that? And I was like, what's she even talking about? So I went up to her room and I was like, what's wrong? She's sitting on the bed going, nothing. And I'm like, so it's like personality switch constantly. It's like about 10 times a day. It's constantly switching. One minute she'll be so nice to you, and the next minute she's really nasty. And then the next minute she's just yelling and screaming. Such a hard thing. But as I say, I've not like studied up on it. So So do you have indicators? Is there, can you tell when the mood's going to change? No. 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 So it just randomly happens. Just randomly. So you could be eating your meal, everything could be fine. And, and she'll just. So there's nothing. There's no triggers. There's no triggers at all. That, that I must be really, really hard. Actually, it must be. It's really hard because I don't know what kind of support I could give her. Um, but the only thing I think that I could do is show that I love her and be there whenever she needs us to be, and just basically take it. So these attachment disorders, like this attachment to other people, she's twenty five now. Mm-hmm. Does this does that make her vulnerable? I would say so. Um, she says no, but I would say so, because I'll give you an example, eh? Um, say about eight weeks ago, she was with this guy, and they broke up. And just now, she's got this other guy, who's just a friend, she says. But I know that's not true. But I'll ask her, and she'll say, yeah, 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 and I know it's not true. It's like in a relationship attachment thing, like she needs somebody there. So she doesn't like being on her own? No. No, she doesn't like being on her own. For example, I'll go and stay at my boyfriend's. My son and his girlfriend won't stay at my mum's. She can't stay in the house on her own. So my plans would be cancelled, so I'm there for her. So you'd give up everything? Yeah. Yes. OK, Claire, just to finish up before I take the mic out of the football results at the weekend. Oh, uh, here we go. Although, although, <laughs> although <laughs> through the week there, I must admit, I must admit, as a diehard Dundee fan, I did celebrate the Shanklin penalty. I oh, did. yeah, you did. We had to. We had to. 
me and Dominic are like, is it wrong? Is it wrong for us to celebrate a Shanklin penalty? Not at all, because he was playing for Scotland. <laughs> and a good result on yeah, Sunday night so there as well, eh? It's different, he was playing yeah. for Scotland. So that was a good game Sunday night. Mm-hmm. They really did. Yeah, so what happened in Peterhead? Was... Um, I don't know. <laughs> Don't know. I was sleeping all that day and night, so I don't know. <laughs> I can't explain. I don't know. It'd be the two Dundee Lonies and Peterhead that made the difference, you see. <laughs> right, I'm just talking about, we're talking about support for our parents and support for us as mums um, and dads, obviously, but more so the support for mums. Um, and there just seems to be nothing out there. No, there's not. Um I think they didn't realise, even though we're kids that are over the 18, that parents still do need support. They think... Um, yeah, I can totally... That um, your kids are that age, so the class them as adults. So they're adults, so why would we need support when our kids are adults? But we've just mentioned how vulnerable your daughter yeah. at 25 um, is. So is she really an adult, or is she just, you know, the age it. of an adult... But still a kid. But still a child. Yeah. You know what I mean? Eh? Everything she does is adult eh, but be this emotional and this BPD, it's just like a different side of her. Like and it's trying at the minute it's trying to get like some kind of support for her, but because of this COVID, everything's telephone calls and that's no use. So people with mental health are struggling more with COVID because they're not getting the support on one-to-one that they need. I would totally So agree. I think actually the death rise just now is more because of COVID, which was trying to study on, because they're not getting the support yeah, that they need. Good point, so people are like, well, I can't see a psychiatrist, I can't go to the doctor, I can't just walk up to cars, do you? Because then they're like, oh, it's okay, just go home. So I'd rather go and do something silly, which affects everybody because they're not getting the support that they need. I think, so I, think feel yeah, like... I think this virtual world doesn't work um, for mm. conditions. No. I, I mean, I've tried to get my son an appointment for sleeping tablets and I can't even get him sleeping tablets. Now, he's been asking me for two months now. See? He wants to get a regular sleeping pattern and our psychiatrist is in Cooper and we can't even get a telephone consultation because they're not seeing as many people as they did because of the telephone conversations. Mm. But there's not a lot, I would say, enough psychiatrists in Dundee for people to get the help they need. Also, I don't think there's that many community mental health nurses either to get the support that they need. But I'm quite lucky that I've got mine that gives me a wee bit of support, but not the support I need, just support me. I do notice big differences. I've always said that I do notice big differences between Dundee and Fife. I think as Fife Health Board go, their psychiatric backup is really, really good Mm -hmm. and their waiting lists are shorter. And they cover, you know, they do cover a large area. We're t- mm-hmm. talking the whole of Fife, really, down to Edinburgh. But I do think um, there is a failing within... Well, at Wedderburn House, there was a doctor, really lovely doctor. So he was, like, so hippie-ish. He was just so down-to-earth, and my daughter absolutely adored him. And he was the one that diagnosed her with BPD, yeah? You know what I mean? And it got to the stages, because there wasn't that many psychiatrists, there was more workload going on him, and he couldn't handle it, so he ended up stressed and anxious about coming to work. So now he's gone up to Glasgow, so he's moved on. Shame. It is, isn't it? Uh, I mean, resources. For, for uh, you, it's kind of 24-7. You don't get really any respite, do you, no. at all? I'm actually surprised 
But my phone's not gone and my son's actually texting for money to actually feed his habit, which he thinks that I should do, but I don't agree on, so why should I do that? Mm. Fucking long, is it? No, oh, don't do pack two. Pack two's not finished. Pack two's a positive. I'm recording this, by the way, says. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Right. okay. What do you want? First poems or numbers? I'll do the poem first. We'll do the poem first and then the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you can always guarantee share to swear on a podcast, can't I you? I know. I don't think there's one you haven't. Well, that's because she always press record when I'm swearing. And then right. he doesn't press record when you're reading a poem. Yeah, but it's recording this week, unlike right, last double-checked week. Double checked it. Yeah, yeah. keep on top of this guy here. Keep right, so this is a poem that Val's wrote, but because I've not really spoke, I've got to read it out. And she's the only one that can read my writing. Yeah. Today will be a good day. I got up early, made a cup of tea. Nothing new there for Val. <laughs> <laughs> good start. Where's my to-do list? The one I made up last night. Found it. Yes, let's go. What's top of the list? Make a phone call. That's easy. I can do that. Wait, let's have a cup of tea first. The phone is sitting beside me. I've already checked it for messages. I'll reply to them later. Honestly, I will. Right, let's make that phone call. It's important, you know. Well, maybe later. Let's see what's next. Um, Wait, let's have a cup of tea first. So now I need to go. By shopping. I can clearly do that. Shop is only two minutes away. I don't need a car. I'll take the dog. Oh gosh, maybe later. That involves getting dressed. Okay, instead, let's make that phone call. That's easy. I can do that. Wait, let's have a cup of tea first. Phone call can wait. I'm not ready. Found tuna in the cupboard. That'll do. Me. Catch just now till I get out. Where is that list? What's next? I'm ready to go. No, I'll text back my friend. Better get those dishes done and that washing. It's been over three days. That's easy. I can do that. Wait. Let's have a cup of tea first. The dog, oh yeah, he's crying, he needs out. So we'll go out for a walk, just around the back. The fresh air is good, my thoughts are clear. Perhaps, though, I should got dressed. No pyjamas are fine. Dog was was desperate. Home, back to that list. That phone call, that's easy, I can do that. Wait, let's have a cup of tea first. I glaze up at the clock, it's ten past five. Where has my time gone? Better. Put that phone call on the list for tomorrow. There, it's still a few things left to do. Put them on for tomorrow too. It's still early. Perhaps I could go for a swim. That's easy. I could do that. Wait, let's have a cup of tea first. So as bedtime comes, I look at the my day. My to-do list is longer. I'm annoyed. Stupid git. Why didn't you make that call? It was important. It was to your doctor. Bet he didn't waste his day in his pyjamas. His washing is done. His kids are fed. His dishes are stacked neatly away. Let's make a new list. That's easy. I can do that with my cup of tea. And there's numbers for the health lines. Sorry, it was quite a long one. It was just, it was just about having. I mean, I've been suffering panic attacks for a long time now, um, almost fifteen years, I would say. And yesterday, I had a really bad day, and I just couldn't be bothered doing anything. And the poetry was, my poem was that 
it's the story that you know you always put everything on hold. Yeah. Um, and there's always an excuse and a reason why you put it on hold. But hopefully by next week I'll have part two written, which is will be more positive. That was really good. Okay, says. So, listeners, just a few numbers for you this week of helplines that can help you. We've got Mind, and it's 0300-123-3393. Young Minds, which is a parent's helpline, is 0808-802-5544. And Drugs Misuse, it's Frank, is 0300-123-6600. Okay, and as I always end with, our motto is to helping people help themselves. So this is goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from Shares. Goodbye. Bye. Claire and Val. Bye. And a wee man's fast asleep. Yes. He's not It's not the start of the show this week. He's fallen asleep. Oh, I'll be next week. Oh, nice. Oh, no, he's sleeping. He's sleeping. He's sleeping. He's sleeping. He's sleeping. He's sleeping.